You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is kind of fun. It's a little bit of a blast from the past. If you've been around Carterville for a little while, you will know the guest of our episode of the podcast today. This is Chase Coleman. So Chase is with us today. Hey, Chase. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. So for those of you that don't know Chase, um, when I came to Carterville in the year 2000, that's been a hot minute, uh, Chase was in student ministry. I remember you you know, as a kid in the youth group, uh, you're a baseball player and you know, very faithful to church. And then you know, Chase, uh, Chase went, went to college and served at Carterville as an intern and then became our middle school pastor, our first middle school pastor, only middle school pastor. And uh, Chase and I served together for years at Carterville. Um, you, you, were, you were married at the church. You know, God developed you as a minister here. And then in 2014, God called you away to be a student pastor um, in Oak Grove, at Calvary Baptist in Oak Grove. And so, Chase, I just want to sit down with you and catch up. So some of the people who are listening to the podcast today, they know and love you. They watched you grow up here. And some of the people who are listening to the podcast today, they don't know you yet. And so this will be kind of an, an intro to everybody that's you know just a few years at Carterville. But let's just hear about it. So you're over at Calvary Oak Grove as a youth pastor, right? Correct. And what's God teaching you, man? How, how are you doing since you left? What's God showing you these days? Uh, one thing in particular, you know, as Ben and I were talking, that <clears throat> I just feel like really recently, and definitely with all of COVID and the quarantine and the arguments that you see all over the place, where it, it was very easy for me to, to find myself uh, unfocused when it would come to my faith and when it would come to... Uh, you know, how I was teaching or how I was leading my family as a husband and as a father. And so uh, over the past month and a half in our youth ministry, we've been going through <clears throat> some spiritual disciplines, things that and when we find ourselves in times of chaos or the unknown, it are these, these, these uh, habits that we have in our life that root us in our faith. And one of those in particular was the spiritual discipline of worship. And for me, it wasn't about the lack of singing or the lack of understanding the greatness or the holiness of God, but it was just a lack of focus. And I could easily see myself going through a Sunday and not that I, I didn't sing or I didn't understand the words or I wasn't challenged by the scripture, but I would just feel unchanged sometimes. And, and I don't believe when a group of believers gather, one thing I don't think is healthy is if we leave and are really unchanged by scripture, unchanged by coming into the presence of God. And so for me, you know, trying to find focus back in in a worship service has been really helpful over the past month or so. So what has the Lord taught you so that when you go to the gatherings for your church family on Sunday, that those gatherings have a potential for you to be more likely to be changed? How has God taught you focus? Are there any little habits you've employed or is it just a is it just a change in the way you think about it, your mindset? Um, you know, because I, you and I were talking earlier today about how, 
you know, the the gathering of the church family is more sacred than we think it is. It's more it's more important to our walk with Jesus probably than a lot of us size it up to be. So what has God what has God done, Chase, to help you focus the way you're talking about? I really think it was kind of taking a look, and I think we have seen through quarantine how it has become very easy to get lost in in social media and in relationships over social media, where, you know, your best friend that you haven't seen in 20 years, but, you know, you'll have a, a 10-paragraph argument on Facebook, and it just wasn't healthy for me. I could... I would, you know, I, I would become frustrated or angry flipping through Twitter or, or, or Facebook. And to me, it was just realizing that I was spending so much time focused on unnecessary things or things that were not that important. Fo- you know, focus on, you know, spending time with a group within our church family. But it wasn't on uh, necessarily the worship side together. It was more of hanging out. It was more of fellowship, but fellowship without God is just, you know, hanging out with a group of friends. It it was lacking in what I needed to fill me. And so for me, it was just realizing that, man, I could spend, you know, looking back on my life, I would spend Wednesday, Thursday, Friday looking forward to a football game on Sunday to watch on TV. And I would prepare my heart and focus on that and then my response would be joy if we lost or sorrow if we or joy if we won and sorrow if we lost. But man, I think a lot of times we can go through a week and not think of Sunday morning at all. No no mental prep, no spiritual prep, no anticipation. Yeah, we we just expect God to show up and we have done nothing to prepare our own hearts to to prepare the hearts of our life groups, our Sunday school classes, you know, reaching out uh, inviting. We're, we're not thinking about Sunday morning worship. We just expect God to move in this big way, but, but we're not ready to be a tool to be used. And so for those of us who've grown up in church, you know, like, I mean, every Sunday for 44 years, for the most part, right? I can understand how going to church seems like a routine thing we do. And, you know, we put it on the list of all the other things we do. And I'll, you know, if I feel like going, I'll go. If I don't feel like going, I won't go. I mean, I've gone all my life. You know, I know what to expect. It's so normal, so ingrained. But, you know, when you peel the layer back and then imagine that gathering as it is in the eyes of God or as he desired it to be, that, you know, the assembly of the body of Christ in one room, you know, to worship the Lord and seek the Lord together. That can be really sacred and powerful. Okay, so I loved your your point at the very beginning that, hey, I want to be changed. When I, when I come to church, I want to have an encounter with the Spirit of God. And I think it's powerful to recognize that, you know, some of that is on us for spiritual preparation. Um, one of our church members, you know, a guy that I love, Wayne Lowry, you know, Wayne, uh-huh. you know, Wayne, uh, Wayne means a lot to me. I, I actually you know, lived with Wayne and Rose a little bit before Lindsay and I got married when I was, you know, come, would come into town from seminary to be the youth minister. I could stay with, with them and Jason and Jared and, you know, Jenna and, um, well, one of the things that Wayne said about spiritual preparation and church, he said, you know, Ben, I, I, I've noticed that a lot of it has to do with me, my own heart, whether I'm prepared when I show up. I've gone through seasons where I would go to church and I feel like I was getting nothing out of it. You know, it's like, when is the sermon going to be over? Or, you know, man, that was sure, you know, that was, that was kind of empty. Today. 
He said, and I've gone through other seasons where you would have thought, and of course, Brother Hogan was preaching in these days. He said, you would have thought Brother Hogan was Billy Graham, you know, because I'm just taking notes and God's moving. And I'm like, wow, you know. And what Wayne said to me that was so profound is that it might not have as much to do with the sermons that were being presented as it had to do with the person who was listening, the posture of your heart. Were you eager to hear from God? Were you listening for God? I think about that the same term for the whole service, right? Like you can go to a worship service. Uh, we've kind of gotten spoiled with music, right? I mean, yeah. nowadays we've seen such great music. I mean, you got videos, you watch, you know, the, the best Christian musicians in the world, you know, and you go to these big conferences, you know, where, you know, phenomenal, but, you know, and everybody in there, your local praise band is, is really, really good. I mean, the, the music is, is great. The words are great. You get kind of spoiled, right? Where you you sort of walk in and say, "I don't like that song. I do like that song." You know, you know, it seemed like something just wasn't, you know, just kicking today the way I wanted. I didn't love the tempo. I did love the tempo, whatever. And you can kind of pick it apart. Whereas on the other hand, I really believe that a mature believer should be able to walk into any sanctuary where people are worshiping, and whether it's a organ and a poorly played piano, or whether it is Hillsong. You know, yeah. you should be able to take the words that you're singing and connect them to your walk with God and in your mind and in your spirit, you should be able to worship God in a powerful way. Now, sometimes the emotions won't be as high, you know, if the, if the atmosphere is not this or that, but the worship should be sincere and legitimate and have the potential to change your life, right? I think the same thing about the sermon kind of based on what Wayne said you know, is that are we listening? I mean, if if I'm doing like a a C job of preaching the sermon, okay, fine. Tune me out for a second and read the scripture and engage God in the text that we're studying. But I believe that a believer should be able to gather in church and engage the Lord and be changed in it. But a lot of it does have to do with the posture that of our attitude, our heart, our mind, our spirit when we went to church. Yeah. One of the things that we've done, Chase, um, and I'll take any advice you've got. Like if God's taught you anything, you know, we'd love to hear it. One of the things that we've done uh, in our house is like I just try intentionally when we're praying on Fridays or Saturdays. um, And this is just so that I can engage it and the boys will hear it. You know, this is the world I'd love to create for us as a family. You know, I'm praying and I'm giving God thanks for the day. But I'm also acknowledging that on Sunday we're going to gather with our church. And I'm asking God to open our hearts so that we would love everybody in the sanctuary. We would love our church family well. You know, that we would recognize that these are the believers that he's given us to do life with. And that he would teach us to love them well. That he'd give us love for them. And that as we prepared for church, that we would engage him well. So it's interesting that that's a small step, right? I mean, that's just, you know, praying on Fridays and Saturdays, including that in my prayers, so that we would be spiritually a little bit more focused. And at least as a result of our prayers, more ready to engage God. But uh, is there, you know, I think there's probably other things like, you know, you could take a journal with you to church and write down either words of lyrics that you're singing or things God speaks into your spirit or something from the scripture that we're studying in the sermon and you know, process better by just keeping a journal on how you're growing in church. But do you have any other things that God's given you to help with that sense of focus that you found this year? Uh, like I said, I definitely think that we can, you know, for me personally, I need to, to, to physically write. I think one, 
very easy way to, to intake scripture nowadays and just to always have it on us is through an app on our phone or, or a tablet or something like that. But I do not study well on those. I need paper. I need to write out notes for me to remember it. But to, but it, it's really, you know, you looking to your own self as an individual and, see, you know, kind of taking... Uh, kind of checking yourself and seeing, you know, where am I at? Am I putting effort in to seek God? You know, God says that if we if we seek Him, He's not a mystery. He's not hiding Himself. That He He is waiting for us and He's waiting to speak to us very clearly to show. And it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that our situations change overnight. But there, we're being equipped to handle those situations. Um, and that's what the church body is there for. You know, I was just thinking back over my time at Carterville, and I was never even in one of her choirs. But just the joy of, of showing God's goodness, I always think back to Miss Gwen and her little children's choirs and just taught the love of God at an early age to kids. Um, and that's the power. That's one of the powers of worship is to be reminded of, of God is close, that God is with us. And, and as we get older and we have, you know, real struggles and real problems that we see, uh, it's not, you know, gumdrops and candy canes that remind us of God's goodness, but it's, it's that God is near and that God has equipped us, but not even that, God has blessed us with a church family to partner with us in life, uh, to be there. But that only happens when we are focused and are serving our church family and serving our, our church community, so to speak. <clears throat> if we're just coming and going through motions, there there's very little fruit that we see come from just going through actions. Excellent. Hey, good word. Chase, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Let's wrap up this way. So we're very proud of you. Like we're, I mean, I think of you as a son of the church. You know, I mean, so many people who discipled you here and invested in your life. It's awesome now to see you carrying out the ministry God gave you. We're very proud of you. How can we pray for you this week? Anything, any, any prayer requests you want to give the church? Uh, yeah, just uh, church family. You can be praying. Uh, our church family, uh, you know, our, my new church family <clears throat> at Calvary out in Oak Grove, our pastor just recently took a call at another church. And so we're in the process where we are without a pastor, and there is some sadness in that. He was there. He's kind of a Hogan, a mini Hogan. He was there for 18 years, not quite 40. Yeah, uh, Brother Hogan's <clears throat> clicking on 50 right that's now. Right. Is, uh... Uh, and so, you know, he was there for a long time. His family grew up there, and so they are moving to the coast. Um, and so we are without our pastor. And so we need God's guidance and wisdom. Uh, we need to step up as leadership within our church family and, and to really, without being without a pastor is not an excuse not to go and love our community and to outreach and to bring the gospel. Uh, and so uh, be praying that the process is swift, but that we are uh, patient on God's time. And hey, that's so, a great word. And we recognize that there's going to be some extra um, expectations and pressure on you, different stresses, different situations while you're you know, ministering to the church in that situation. Absolutely glad to pray for you that way. Chase, we love you. 
Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Church family, um, as you listen to this, two things. Number one, if the podcast was encouraging to you or you know somebody who'd love to hear from Chase, why don't you share this podcast just so folks can hear what God's up to. Second, it's Monday if I've released this podcast on the right day. Therefore, you've got a week to be ready to gather to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's show up this Sunday ready for worship.